This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, brand whisperer, top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. You know, winning is fun, but what I've found is winning big really puts us on the path to sustained long-term success. And now that is real fun. And as each one of us are different, our starting point in our journey is different, our destinations are different, which means the paths are different. I really enjoy bringing conversations to all of you from leaders, from all walks of life, from all over the world. And in that spirit today, I'm very fortunate to have a conversation with Michael Haith. Michael has almost 30 years of career success of building multiple Inc. 500 global franchise brands, consulting and serving on boards and investing. So what is important in that particular part is the length of your, the continued success over a period of time and he has evolved and invented himself, but there are some constants. He had played at the highest level and these are global brands. And that will make a very fascinating conversation. Currently, Michael is the owner and CEO, CEO at Teriyaki Madness. In 2013, he discovered Teriyaki Madness, a small seven unit regional chain with food that is both healthy and delicious as a simple business model and a raving fan base. And me being in the restaurant industry, I really love that those are the three ingredients. When you put them together, you have the recipe for a sustained success, unit level and growth. Michael then assembled a team of seasoned fast casual professionals to build the process and systems to help franchises expand teriyaki madness on the global scale. Currently, there are more than 70 teriyaki shops and another 40 are to open this year. So Michael, welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun. Thank you. So Michael, this is an amazing career full of high impact and also the people you have inspired. So before 2013, you have had a career of successfully building multiple Inc. 500 global franchise brands, consulting, serving on boards, investing, and it's a total whole complete portfolio. So looking back, what's your secret to build, build brands? <laughs> I'm not sure there's a secret. The answer really is just identifying something that you believe has a potential mm -hmm. um, and just grit, working hard and building a solid foundation, being patient and surrounding yourself with people smarter than you are as well as making the investments necessary to build a strong foundation. I'll use that word quite a bit. That really, if there's a secret, it's that you can't build, you can't build anything unless it's got a good infrastructure and a solid foundation. And you know, what I love is you talked about seeing the potential, working hard, build a strong foundation. But there was something hidden when you talked about surrounding with people smarter than you. How does Michael stay 
that humble because to me with all your accomplishments it's very easy to just say hey i am the person but you always celebrate everybody else in the team so where that where does that humility and respect for people come from well, i don't know that's humility it's a fact that you know, I'll hire someone who's in charge of real estate and they know a heck of a lot more about real estate than I do or construction or marketing or supply chain or um, really any of the things that I as a specialist can't do. Uh, my specialty is being able to have the vision. Mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody's got a good idea. Mm -hmm. It comes down to being able to execute that idea. Mm -hmm. And if I've got a secret, I'm, I'm able to communicate the vision, communicate the idea to people who come in as generalists in the first place mm -hmm. in a very in a very small startup. And then they slowly graduate into either their specialties mm -hmm. or we bring in additional specialists. When I say they're smarter than I am, they're smarter at their individual pieces better than I am. Um, they aren't better at being able to see the vision and how all those puzzle pieces fit together. That's that's the skill that I bring to the team. Brilliant. So to me, it's like you have the thread and all these are amazing beads. You're getting the right beads to create this amazing structure. So as you've looked at a lot of brands inside out, you know, not just brands you have worked on, what are some reasons brands fail to win big, sustain over time and continue their success? Well, I think it really comes down to the principles, the founders or the CEOs or the stakeholders. Um, perhaps they, they put their profits above the needs of the organization or the needs of the franchisees or the needs of the other stakeholders. Mm -hmm. To build a strong foundation, one needs to sacrifice um, even compensation for a number of years. Typically, we say a thousand days it takes a thousand days before you can start expecting to be profitable and to be able to go to the next stage. Oftentimes, founders or entrepreneurs want that fast hit. Their goal is to make money or their goal is to sell the company. My style is really to be a builder. And that is to build a solid foundation, that word again, and yep. to be able to go ahead and grow it as large as that foundation will, will support. So if I want to build something really big, I need to build a really big foundation. And that just simply takes time and resources. Um, not necessarily money. Mm -hmm. It takes really a focus on um, doing what's right for the organization for the long term. And that may be five years, it may be 10 years. And I look at Jeff Bezos, he lost money for an awful long time and he's got the biggest um, company around. I, or maybe there's a few bigger, but, but Amazon uh, went many years without being profitable. And they did a very nice job of their, building a very solid foundation upon which they're building now. And to me, I think, you know, anybody who is listening who is either exploring being a franchisee or actually is a franchisee would love to hear that song that you're talking about. And the lyrics is the perfect lyrics is that wait thousand days to be profitable, but put the structure in to make sure that they win first because too many times in the world of franchisee franchisor, there's a conflict because both try to twist each other's arms 
And I really think that recipe for a long-term success and comparing to Amazon is really fascinating. So now let's go to 2013, where you already had a very successful career already. But then you found teriyaki madness and you literally in a professional sense fell in love, start, you know, search stopped there and you committed and you jumped in with all your heart, all your passion. What made you commit 100% to the brand? What did you see that others didn't? Yeah, the commitment's a strong word there. Um, I call it burning the boats. Mm -hmm. um, typically when a successful Navy would invade, they'd burn their boats so there was no retreat. It was success or, or else. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I think strong entrepreneurs have. They're all in. Um, fear is a great motivator for me. And the, the fear and the anxiety of building a company and gosh, what happens if it doesn't work um, drives me, especially in the early days of an organization. As sick as that may sound, that is one of the things that I really like about being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, I, I really think that um, one needs to focus. I call it mind share. There's one thing I've noticed about roughly the thousand franchisees I've worked with in the past, and they give it mind share. Um, they think about their business in the shower. They think about their business while they're brushing their teeth. They think about their business while they're at their kids' soccer games. Think about it all the time. And when we say it takes commitment and hard work, that doesn't mean you're going to work 60, 70 hours a week. Um, waiting tables or building your business, it's constantly thinking about it. It's, it's living it. It's mm -hmm. that mind share of mm -hmm. you're in it to win it. And it really does pervade your thoughts at all times. I love this whole concept of burning the boat and showing your commitment that you are in to win and in to win together. Uh, when I left Papa John's, franchisees had a farewell moment for me and in which franchisees talked about the number one thing I contributed to them was trust. And that was a moment it cherished with me forever because to me, once there's trust, there's everybody else. And I really love that concept of burning the boat, no retreat, all in, and also what you talked about, mindshare and focus. So now let's talk about these current tough times where None of us anticipated every brand is going through very difficult times. What is the one resource other than of course, unlimited funding that you feel you need the most to come out very successful during current times? And why is that one of the most critical resources for you? Well, I, I actually am gonna push back on the unlimited funding. I actually think unlimited funding or uh, having, there's no such thing as unlimited funding, but having uh, ample funds is not necessarily a healthy thing for a startup business. Got it. Um, I think that the, there, there's a, a, a term I heard listening to a, a, a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and it was, um, Entre entre successful entrepreneurs are delusional with skill. Mm -hmm. There is an overwhelming positive mental attitude that at least the entrepreneurs that I'm around, uh, really, they have. You know, you ask them, well, what happens if it doesn't work? And they give you this blank look like, yeah, I never thought about that. Mm -hmm. And 
I never think about, okay, what happens if it doesn't work? Sure, there's fear, there's anxiety, but okay, so what do I need to make it work? There's an answer to every, every problem. Mm-hmm. There's a solution somewhere. And that really, especially in trying times, to be a true entrepreneur, your job is to uh, be positive almost to a delusional state mm-hmm. and be able to execute in ways that other people haven't thought of. And that when, when you ask the question, okay, well, how have, have we thrived during COVID? Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of luck, a lot of foresight, a lot of investment in the foundation, once again, in the infrastructure. We, we invested a tremendous amount of money and resources into technology. Mm-hmm. And third-party delivery and off-premise food. Um, that's why we're up 18% year over year, which is just an amazing number. And that that's really due to um, we knew what the future was going to be. Mm-hmm. Or I knew what the future was going to be. That's my job. Mm-hmm. And we built towards it. We just didn't know that COVID was going to fast forward us three years to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to me, I love the way you're accepting the reality of fear and anxiety, but at the same time, also, uh, you're talking about being positive to a nearly a delusional level and having that blank look when somebody asks, what if it doesn't work? Because once the votes are burned, it doesn't work is not an option. And that's the part where that whole thought process of there's an answer and a solution to every problem. And once you find it, then of course it can be made better constantly. Is really fascinating. So you have been in a lot of industries. You have worked with more thousand plus franchisees, restaurant in the fashion. So let me ask you two questions there. Is what's a common misconception? One in the restaurant industry, one is working with franchisees that you would love to debunk. Um, the biggest myth is the failure rate in the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. Frankly, it's I, I think the restaurant industry attracts a lot of folks who are not prepared necessarily to um, be business owners. Everybody eats, everybody um, likes particular food, and they all have some goofy idea. Um, they aren't ready to be business people. But the business model works. The business model works where um, if you're willing to pivot, you're willing to grow, you're willing to evolve, then it absolutely works. Um, I, I think in franchising, um, you've said a couple things that have caught my ear that, you know, the franchisor and the franchisees are twisting each other's arms in a really good culture, in a really good organization with a really good community. We all work towards a common theme. Are there outliers in that in that majority? Sure. There's mm-hmm. folks who don't get it. Mm-hmm. despite how much we screen, but that's mm-hmm. what we screen for. We screen for community and cultural match. If mm-hmm. there's a cultural match within the community, everybody's rowing the boat in the same direction and they can collaborate to create a really strong organization that's built for growth and, and years to come. You throw out the word tr- trust. That's our job. A hundred percent of the time is convincing a franchisee mm-hmm that the franchisor is getting a royalty, getting a check every week, that we have their best interests at heart. Now, when we explain it of we're a growing franchise, Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And we want you to be super successful. So you'll expand into more and help us grow, which is our goal. So we can have mutual goals. Then it starts making sense of we really want you to be profitable because mm-hmm. we have the long term view. And that's really where trust comes in is making sure that it's clearly communicated that there's mutual goals. And to me, this conversation, this part really is taking me back to my days at Papa John's and when I knew John Schnorter. And again, you know, I want to move away from personal controversies. I love his passion for making pizzas. The thing he taught me there was build trust, but more importantly, live trust. Because that's the way he said that trust is not about Arjun, you creating a presentation. And the second thing what fascinated me was also, you know, a lot of brands in the franchise world take money from different pockets of a franchisee, some for delivering food, some for royalty, some for training, this, that. John wanted to take money only from one pocket. And he also wanted to make sure that every quarter, he called every franchisee and say, hey, are you making money? If you're not, you tell me. And he would do anything and everything to stop royalty, whatever it is, because his goal was, he called himself the chief franchisee making money officer. And that was his only goal other than passion for pizza. And to me, I really love the fact that you are talking about not only that as a concept, but also how to walk the talk. It's very fascinating. And thank you for taking me back to those incredible days. So now let me change the topic a little bit. And if you were not in the restaurant industry or franchise industry with your passion and you know vision, where you know where where would you have seen Michael to be in? Oh gosh, I think I would have um, built businesses, been an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. no matter what I would have done. Um, I tend to see things a little bit differently. I like point of differentiation. I, I like to see different ways to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely um, see the big picture mm-hmm. as my, my special gift or core skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really it. I love building businesses. I love helping folks achieve what they would like to achieve in, in any organization that I build. And that's, um, that's incredibly satisfying. You mentioned earlier you know, I've been doing this for a while. I've sold a few other franchisors that when I when I discovered Teriyaki Madness. Um, I probably could have gone fishing for the rest of my life, but I'm a builder. I get great satisfaction. It's not a focus on um, money. It's not a focus on um, creating millions. It's It's a focus on building. And that's really where the satisfaction lies. I don't know where what industry I would have been in, but I'm pretty sure I'm unemployable. Uh So I would have had to have my own business. I love that. So you talked quite a few times on a skill set and a talent that you have of seeing what others don't. And I really feel that in the world where most of us are ready to find a solution, jump into action, the person who pauses and sees what others don't has an amazing advantage. So, Michael, where did that skill come in? Like, how did you build that? How do you work on it? Like, are there any secrets on how Michael sees what others don't? Um, You know, I heard Mark Cuban tell a story about how entrepreneurs jump out of planes and they build the parachute on the way down. I I think that's just absolutely the, the best way to visualize it. 
Um, I have not great impulse control. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that has its negatives, but as an entrepreneur willing to move forward and take risks um, or take measured risks, um, being able to just execute. I have a, um, a very strong belief that execution is the key to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, people come and they ask me questions uh, about the business or how I built the business or how they should build the business. And I never have an issue sharing. Because so few people can actually execute. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to help them, but I can't execute for them. Mm-hmm. Um, same with franchisees. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to have to execute on the business model and do what the operations manual has outlined. Mm-hmm. Um, but execution is a big key in, in everything. And certainly on the entrepreneurial journey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just having, um, once again, that delusion. Mm-hmm. I, my very first business was a, a large corporate catering company when I was 27 years old. Wow. And I asked my dad to co-sign my, my bank loan um, for $30,000, which the banker told me that he was doing me no favors by giving it to me mm-hmm. because he thought that I would fail. Mm-hmm. But every time I drive by that bank, I still think about that story. But it's being able to... Um, see something and be able to jump. My, my father said to me, if it's such a great idea, why isn't ever anybody else doing it? Mm-hmm. That's a death question for entrepreneurs mm-hmm. because there's always a little bit of difference of way that you can do it, or there's a big difference in, in the way someone can do it. But that question, if you let that gnaw at you, will just take you down. Got it. And I love those two parts that you talked about is jump and then figure out the way. It's all about the impulse. And the second part I also loved is when you talked, I think, you know, bringing a nugget from what you said earlier about, you know, mutual goals and trust along with trust, you're holding franchisees accountable for executing, implementing flawlessly because together it's a team with both arms together, clap together to win. And I love that shared part. You know, this is a great conversation. I'm thoroughly enjoying this. And you're listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. Today, my VIP guest is Michael Haith, the owner and CEO of Teriyaki Madness. He has almost 30 year career of successfully building multiple Inc. 500 global franchise brands, consulting, serving on boards, investing. But what I really love is the pride he takes in building teams and putting every person in the team in the right position to succeed because we all love to be successful and having a leader who sees the bigger picture, believes in us and gives us the path to win big really is a position of envy. Michael, the last part is about rapid questions for three to seven word answers. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. So this is beyond any restaurants, any, any industry, anything beyond restaurants. What is your advice to anyone in any walk of life to be a successful leader? Communicate the vision mm-hmm. and listen. Love it. Communicate the vision, listen. Oh, I don't know if that was under seven words. That doesn't matter. That's amazingly brilliant. <laughs> okay? And I got it. So how do you define a big win? 
I don't know that I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I success is the journey, enjoying the journey. Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah, and you have had a great, amazing journey, and of course, amazing big wins are ahead. Very fun most of the time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, working with some of the top athletes and also leaders, what I found is most of them remove words from their dictionary. I have had talked to top golfers who have even as a child took a dictionary and removed the word no impossible out of that. So what are words not in Michael's dictionary? And what is a favorite word? Like if you hired me as an intern to just shadow you for seven days, what would be one or two words that I would just cannot ever forget? Uh, words that I would like to remove from my vocabulary? Yeah, or what you don't use. I, I, huh. Um, well, I, I guess the best way for me to answer that is our culture. Mm-hmm. We say the answer is always yes, unless it's no. I love that. And that means that we strive to find a solution. We strive to say yes. We strive to collaborate unless we just simply can't. And it doesn't support the mutual goals of the community. Mm-hmm. And what's the word or phrase Michael uses most? Huh. I think that may be it. That may be it. Okay. That and there is a solution to every problem. I love that. So if Michael, with all his wisdom, in 2020 could go back in time and meet that young Michael, the kid who's just graduating from high school, you know, getting ready to take that $30,000 loan in a few years, what would be one advice you would whisper to that kid about his life's journey ahead? I don't think it would be anything. The journey is discovery and the journey is making mistakes and the journey is learning and... and, um, becoming wiser, mm-hmm. doesn't it take the mystery out of it? Absolutely, I love that. So poor Michael, kid Michael, just has to discover his own and that's the adventure. And don't eat so much sugar. <laughs> okay, that's a good advice. <laughs> so you know, when I talk to somebody like you, what I love the fact that over 30 years, and that's what I talked about in the introduction, that success is not random. Okay. So if I came to you and said, hey, I want a million dollars by beating, you know, winning a lottery ticket, you know very well I cannot replicate it. So there's a process. And you know, are you comfortable talking about, you know, when about your work day? What's the first thing you do? What's the last thing you do? Is there a ritual or a practice, you know, or a process that you're comfortable sharing? Oh gosh. Um, you know, I go in phases mm-hmm. and I develop unhealthy habits like everyone. I get triggered by email where I'll look at my phone first thing in the morning and get that little adrenaline rush from solving a problem or seeing some issue. And then other times I'll, I'll go a long time without doing that. And I work out and I live a healthier life. Um, the last thing I do is, is uh, really try and appreciate what I've got. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I find myself whining about my issues or uh, personal issues or professional issues. And what are there? 8 billion people in the world. Mm -hmm. There are billions of people 
who have much bigger problems than I do, mm-hmm. who haven't been dealt as good a hand as I've been dealt. Been dealt. Um, so I think just a, an appreciation for mm-hmm. not what I've accomplished, but kind of the luck of the draw. Mm-hmm. And then having a desire to not squander that luck mm-hmm. to a certain point is um, probably the, the ritual that I try and have every day. And I know that sounds like a, a poster somewhere hanging mm-hmm. on someone's wall, but it really <laughs> is about um, putting everything in context. And when you were talking about, you know, we are all human beings and I really appreciate you connecting to the human side that there are days we all feel that our problem is the biggest. And a few years back, I forgot where I saw it, but there was this putting contest happening at this national level. And this golfer who made it to the top 20 was a golfer who had one leg and one arm. And seeing him not only just compete, but compete at the highest level and his frustration when he got eliminated. Because I could see in his eyes that he came here to win. He saw himself as a winner. It really put me in perspective that to me, it's not what we have. Sometimes life does give us a tougher day than others. But how you go through it and how you see, and I really love the fact you touched on that and also that gratitude that you talked about. Michael, this is a fascinating conversation. So if you could be in my shoes, what would be one thing you'll ask yourself that I haven't asked anything? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. I think the, um, you know, the questions that I ask franchisees who want to join our, our organization, who want to be part of Teriyaki Madness, is you know, what drives you? Mm-hmm. What are you trying to accomplish here? Why do you want to be part of Teriyaki Madness? And if they say, oh, my gosh, the profit margin is higher than anything I've ever seen, or, um, you know, I, I, I believe I can achieve my goals, those, those are red flags, that they're not necessarily getting into it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to take pride in, in what they're doing? But why do I do things? Why, why, do, why have I had the career that I've had? It really is about building. It's about um, asking people around me, what do they want? Which, which is an amazingly powerful thing. I can't tell mm-hmm. you how many people just don't simply say when they're trying to negotiate with me on a contract for vendors, what would you like? What do you want? It mm-hmm. is such a simple question mm-hmm. because I will answer you truthfully and Gosh, if I can get it to employees or franchisees or to vendors or to anyone, Mm -hmm. I'm going to work really hard to get that. Mm -hmm. And if it's if I can't do it, I can reset the expectations and perhaps that will work with the person that I'm talking to. Mm -hmm. But that's really it. A very long answer because it's something that I have to process as I'm answering that. That one out of left field is what question would I ask myself? I've never been asked that. And to me, what I loved is, even though you're talking about taking long, but I really loved where you took me to is each one of us listening to this must answer that very straightforward question, whether I want to be a franchisee with you or anywhere else or anything we do is know what drives you. Because if we are not at the intersection of what we love to do and what we are good at, and we don't know why, you know, it's, it's to be life is too short to work on things that we are not passionate about. 
And Arjun, let me interject here. It's it's really understanding in addition to that, what motivates others. What do they want? Because if we focus our careers on helping other people get what they want, we're yes. going to get what we want every time. Absolutely. And I'm, I love the fact that you brought that back because this connects back to the thread that was all through is you talked about the thousand days to be profitable, making franchisees wins first, you know, making sure you build the trust. And to me, I really am glad you talked about that because that is fascinating. Michael, anything else you want to share? Because this is such an incredible conversation. I, I guess if if the if there's anybody in the audience who is um, considering building their own business, they need to be honest with themselves. There needs to be that delusion of here's what you can accomplish, but one needs to be really honest of how much hard work it is, how much commitment and passion and sacrifice it takes. Mm -hmm. I talk to a lot of folks who say, I'd like to own my own business so I can control my time. In the beginning of that opening a business and investing, the last thing you own is your time. Mm -hmm. You'll get there. Mm -hmm. takes a while. Um, and that's really the, the, re the return of investment on that hundred, on that thousand days. It's not necessarily profitability. It's taking control and pushing the business to where you want it to be. Um, but that's it. it. It's about grit. It's about you, you can go further than you think you can. You can work harder than you think you can. And you really have to have a desire to commit and put your whole being into something, mm -hmm. which I, really for me is what I see the difference between success and not being successful mm -hmm. is that piece of committing. Mm -hmm. All the way. No, don't hold back because you're worried about being humiliated or failing or whatever. People sometimes get in their way. Mm -hmm. So, Michael, thank you for a fascinating conversation. You know, in this conversation, you know, to me, what I liked was the simplicity of a conversation which can be taken by somebody who is starting their career somebody who is reinventing or somebody who is very successful taking it to the next level. And here are some key nuggets for me. One was, believe, first of all, see what others don't. And that's an amazing skill and Michael talked about over and over again. And then see the potential. And once you see the potential, work hard, find people who are smarter than you in those functional areas, put them in positions, make them successful and the phrase you will hear in this conversation over and over again is a strong foundation. The second part is, you know, a lot of it was in Michael Stone. He used it, I think, once or twice. The phrase directly was it was about principles and the principles, you know, the manifestation of principles came in multiple directions. One was the common theme all through was be patient but you are in the business to make others successful and then you will be successful in that process. You know, to the point where at the end, when I was just trying to take a little shortcut by saying, find the intersection of your passion and what you're good at, Michael said, no, Arjun, it's not just that, that's there, but also be in a position to make others more successful because that to me is that whole principle that is there. And principle is something that you interject somebody else to get that point through because that is important to you. Then, you know, everybody talks about commitment because I have not heard of a leader who says that I'm half committed in a journey. 
But Michael put a definition of what commitment is, and he just talked about a very common example is about burning the boat, which is no retreat. He even built on that by saying, I'm all in, which means I appreciate the fear. I'm a human being. I look at the anxiety. But at the end, it's all about when somebody asks you, so what happens if you fail? You just have a blank look because that's the question you shouldn't have an answer to. Because you know you'll find an answer, you find a solution. It's not the best solution, but there is an answer, there's a solution and with an amazing team. And I'll go back to the phrase that he used quite often is the foundation, you will build it. And this also, I think will be a conversation anybody, of course, you know, in any leadership area should listen, but anybody who is in the franchisee world, this is a conversation which is a must listen for either a potential franchisee or franchisor, not only because of your relationship, but at the end, what Michael talks about is before you jump into a journey, to be a micro-entrepreneur, to be an entrepreneur, to run your own business, own your own business, please ask yourself what drives you. So again, Michael, this is a great conversation. Thank you all for listening to Secrets to Win Big. And again, Michael, want to thank you again one more time as we wrap up this conversation. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, brand whisperer, top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.